If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. It is a great day for talk radio, midweek Wednesday. You know, I'm at a point where uh, if we can make it day by day by day, it's almost like crawling along and incrementally uh, seeing that maybe, you know, at some point the numbers will level off. Uh, But now we're, what, at 207 cases in Ontario, I believe that is. I was looking at the uh, cheat sheet earlier on, and, uh, well, 23 new coronavirus cases confirmed in Ontario. Uh, Total active cases, 205. And uh, up to eight deaths now. I mean, I look at the global chart, and it's really continental Europe that is in serious distress. And uh, because they may have been late in the day to address it, and we got about uh, a two- or three-week kind of head start on where the contagion was taking off there. You know, the other thing is whether or not you trust the numbers coming in from places like Russia, denying that they've actually got anything problematic. Chinese saying things are working their way out. Although that's a somewhat a dubious claim, I feel. Singapore, who had uh, really tamped things down, saw a little bit of a bump to the upside, but some of the experts are saying it's not an exponential increase. It's, you know, they add on another 100 or 50 cases. Uh, that's not a reason to get unwound. Uh, but here in Ontario and Canada, we're watching closely stateside as well. Because, you know, we've uh, decided both parties, a bilateral agreement, all non-essential cross-border traffic is verboten. And I'm kind of curious, because uh, we're still waiting for Aaron O'Toole, but uh, I'll ask the question and open the lines. If you've got dual citizenship, how does that work exactly? Is that still sort of a restriction on cross-border traffic because it's non-essential? I mean, you're showing your citizenship, you're an American, you just want to go home. Maybe you got family in Ohio, but you also got family in Oakville. So, you got two homes. Well, you also, do. what's essential? What's essential travel? Well, this is business? it. Business? Uh, business may be essential depending on the type of business. You know, people, these are trades people say uh, crossing over to do some work from Windsor into Detroit. Hmm. Uh, they're going to be shut out, as I understand it. So, you know, still moving certain goods, groceries and that to the markets. Truck and train traffic will not be deterred. But if you've got dual citizenship, I'm just very curious. I don't know the answer to that. And nobody's brought that up, whether or not that would be a prohibition against traveling to either side of the border from where you find yourself. As I said somewhat facetiously uh, a little while back, though, at Roxham Road, they're still processing people. And, you know, if folks are coming up from... Central America and Mexico, and they flow through the United States and make it to Roxham Road. I mean, there's no telling who we might be allowing into the country. 
And uh, to our peril, I don't know. I mean, the way this is spreading and the Mexicans aren't exactly tamping it down or don't have an entire handle on things. So uh, that all being said, I'm just rather curious if this is something that uh, the government's package is, as Shane, a caller previously had said, something to be congratulating them for uh, because they have taken measures that would be adequate to get him over the hump or so he feels. Aaron O'Toole uh, is the MP for Durham. He's a candidate for the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada, and he's joined the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Aaron, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing well, John, in my uh, social distancing campaign mode, but uh, doing well and following things. Got to be hard to campaign when you're socially distancing. <laughs> well, the good side of the internet and social media makes it a little more possible. I've also been doing old school uh, phone calling as well, but we're starting a series of uh, town halls, online video conferences uh, that will go across the country in the next few days. So we're adapting like like all businesses are. All right. But no glad handing and kissing of babies. That's advisable. Let me ask you right off the top. I mean, there's $27 billion in direct assistance. Is that enough, Aaron? Um, we will have to see. But my initial thoughts, John, is no, it will not be. Um, and in this case, I think it's it's better to prime the pump faster than slower to to prevent what could be uh, a much greater recession than what we saw in 2009 because of the wide-scale disruption. So I certainly applaud the the government's efforts and the bank's efforts at, at targeting folks that will be impacted over the next few weeks and months. But um, I've been calling for several weeks for, for some serious measures. And two weeks ago, when I was suggesting that we uh, freeze travel from certain countries and, and create an EI system, I was called alarmist. So the, the, the government has been a bit slow, but I'm going to praise and work with them where we can, because it is a time of national crisis. All right, uh, because we know at uh, rock bottom, we need to ensure that there's uh, available credit and liquidity in the system. They've addressed that, but the $27 billion is the direct assistance. I just wanted to focus on that. You were saying that a couple of weeks back, you had advanced the notion of uh, increasing the EI system. Tell me how that would work, uh, and maybe what other arrows are left in the quiver to fire here? Well, I think, you know, we have to, the EI system uh, doesn't generally catch everyone, John. And, you know, the self-employed and a number of people that are independent won't get it. And there there were times for delays for qualifying. So they've eliminated the, the time period that has to wait before qualifying. We'd like to see more people swept into it as well. And um, there's an ability to, to get that support out to people right away and then to extend the terms of EI. So in my own riding in Durham, I've had some people that are wrapping up their maternity leaves in the next few weeks. We need to make sure that they know that can be extended because they'll they'll be finishing EI and have nothing to go, go to. Uh, when the Harper government uh, had its response to the global uh, slowdown a number of years ago, we extended EI terms, and I think that needs to be part of this as well. But the more we can help hourly and, and independent, uh, small independent uh, workers uh, and, and businesses, that's going to be the, the key element because I think some of the larger businesses will have some retained earnings and some ability for cash flow or lines of credit and those sorts of things. But it's really the independent guys. We, we have to come out with some quick, quick ways of helping. 
All right. Uh, well, what they've suggested is uh, a 10 uh, percent top up on wages for employees of small businesses, and uh, the employer gets a maximum of twenty five thousand. Is that adequate or not? Um, I haven't seen how they're going to be breaking that out, um, and it, it, it's at least a start. I think they are addressing what needs to needs to flow out, which is cash quickly. What we need to avoid, John, is the liquidity crisis that some businesses will face and then they'll teeter into insolvency the more we can actually help them with that to avoid insolvency um, the better because if if they're insolvent and we pull out of this in 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 a few months um, those companies often can't start back up so i I think this is a good start but we're going to have to see i think the overall first package is probably a bit low from what from what I've heard that we might be facing over the next few months. But um, as I said, I'm trying not to be too critical because it is a time for us to to try and work together all levels of government. Again, with Aaron O'Toole, MP for Durham, candidate for the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada. Uh, on that matter of credit uh, being freed up, I guess it was last Friday, Bill Morneau was saying the Office of the Superintendent of Financial Institutions freed up $300 billion in financing, making that available. So uh, there's liquid as far as that's concerned. And uh, there's also the tax deferral until, uh, I guess, the end of August. That's $55 billion they're saying they're going to forgo for the short term anyway, keep it in people's pockets. Uh, do you see these as all, you know, potentially good moves? I mean, it doesn't necessarily keep the wolf from the door, but uh, keeps them at bay for a little longer. I do see those as positive moves. I also sent a note to uh, Minister Freeland I'm aware of at least one large company that um, has been waiting on a major uh, uh, GST refund from CRA, and they now that they're looking at cash flow, uh, they're saying, why have been we've been waiting several years for this from CRA? So I've said to the minister, they should be instructing CRA to push out all amounts owing. In, in many cases, CRA knows which, which uh, taxpayers and which businesses they owe money to. And this should be pushed out immediately um, because in this case, the one company I was dealing with, um, they're on the, on the brink of insolvency um, and they're, they need cash flow. So anytime when they're actually owed money by the government, that should be a direct order to have CRA CRA pay out. So liquidity and, and access to capital is one thing, but when CRA is holding on returns to some people, that's unacceptable in my view. Yeah, by extending the personal finance uh, filing deadline out to June 1, some people may need the money right away if they're getting a refund. Uh, so they, they don't want the delay is what we're saying. Yeah, no, in, in, in many cases, uh, CRA, particularly for less, less complicated situations, they will know from the T4s if, if people are owed. And so a direction to CRA to, to push that out, because then in some cases those will be electronic or check refunds being issued by the government, that should be a priority. And in the case of, of some companies as well, um, they will need cash flow to make sure that they're not laying off hundreds of people in the, in the case of the one uh, company I was dealing with. So my advice to the government, I sent this to Minister Freeland, is CRA should have the direction of pushing out everything they know is owed immediately, and all, any discrepancies can be handled afterwards. But to, to think that the, the, the tax collector might be sitting on monies owed 
uh, is is kind of infuriating at a time where people, households, and businesses are scrambling to to come up with money to keep keep things afloat. Yeah, Aaron, a lot to digest in this package earlier today and the implications of it, but uh, let me just pivot away from that to where we find ourselves effectively fighting the virus. The virus is the killer here, and uh, until we subdue that, uh, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty and a lot of stress and anxiety. Should Canada declare the Emergency Measures Act and get more draconian? Um, I called a few days ago for a war fitting footing, and war footing, I'm the military guy, John, so I use those terms. We don't mean the War Measures Act. We're not going to see the suspension of habeas corpus and, and, and crazy things like that. But we should prepare all elements of the state to get our resources ready. So that means having the military uh, prepared in case we do have to do a border closure or we do have to have some ability to uh, you know, uh, apprehend people that, that are trying to illegally cross the border. For example, the government seems to be still okay with people walking across Roxham Road at a time where uh, we're going to be screening truckers and things like that trying to bring food. So we should have a zero tolerance for that. Um, and I think making sure that we have the ability to leverage industry. So in some cases, we're already seeing can some small businesses or auto parts makers shift and be able to make uh, uh, elements for the healthcare system? Should we suspend intellectual property laws so that we can make drugs without worrying about patents and things like this if there's critical shortages? I think this is the serious steps the government can't slowly meander into. They have to have the tools ready to go and only use them if necessary. And it's not about martial law. It's not about a police state. It's about making sure that we have finite resources um, at our fingertips and and leverage the power of the military and and law enforcement and things like that to to help the public good. And I think uh, they're talking about bringing Parliament back to to debate this. I think we should. But if we're slow to respond, the crisis could be deeper. So that's what I don't want to see happen. Well, I appreciate your couching it in those terms. War footing indeed, because that's what we're effectively facing here. And uh, lest we're delusional and think that we're going to beat this with incrementalism. Aaron, it's always good to talk. Wish you the best uh, in your virtual world that you're secluded in right now, running for the leadership of the CPC, and uh, we'll talk down the road. Thanks, John, and thanks for being there to keep people informed. Uh, We appreciate the work you and your team are doing. All right. In kind, I uh, appreciate your joining us in that regard. We've got a briefing from the City of Toronto, and uh, as a daily occurrence at this time, we're going to run that. We'll pick it up in progress in just a moment, coming up to the news. In 11 minutes' time on the other side, Bruce Heyman. Former U.S. Ambassador to Canada will weigh in on the matter of, well, the trans-border traffic that's been curtailed somewhat significantly, as they would say. So we'll get to that more. Right now to the roads, we go on a check of chopper traffic. Richard Martin. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.